Welcome back to Road to AYC 2022. We are grateful that you can join us back online today. In the previous two episodes, we looked at、um, what is witnessing. In this episode and the next one, we'll be looking at how to witness.、Um, we've got special speakers、um, today, Theodore and Tom. Welcome, Theodore and Tom. For those who are listening, they may or may not know you. Can you please share briefly about what what you do and、um, your background as well? Sure. Yeah. No. My name is Theo. I'm excited to be on here. AUIC has had a significant impact on my life and on my spiritual life as well.、Um, I was born into an Adventist family. My parents were first generation Adventists, so it was all very exciting. But they were still very young in their faith、um, as they were raising me. So I never really sensed that I developed like a strong identity. I guess to really understand、um, who Christ was for me and what the message、um, of the present truth. Um, is at the moment to really sort of ground me in the, the truth, and、um, through a number of circumstances, ended up leaving the church, leaving my faith completely, turning my back on God, lived the life of an atheist,、um, and through、um, we'll talk about it later, but through some miracles and answers to prayers, lots of prayers from other people, for which I'm very grateful.、Um, I came back into acquaintance with God, and now walk with Christ. Um, thankfully,、right. thank God. Yeah. So I work down here in、uh, Tasmania as a paramedic.、Um, beautiful, sunny Tasmania. Very、Not、nice. Really, but... Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Theo.、Um, and looking、thank、forward、God. to hearing your story. And Tom, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself too? Yeah. So my name is Tom. I am an optometrist here in South Australia, and I was born、uh, in. As an Adventist, and my parents were Seventh Day Adventists, so I grew up going to church, and I've pretty much been always going to church. A few years ago, I decided to have a break from optometry and dedicate a year to God, so I went and did the Arise program、um, in North New South Wales, and then spent six months as a Bible worker,、um, which was yeah a, a really great experience、um, for sure. And now I'm just back to optometry. Lovely. And looking forward to hearing your stories as well, um, Tom. Um, now, when we talked about、um, how to witness, there's so many fascinating stories in the Bible. Today, we're going to look at one、um, fascinating story、um, from Luke chapter five, verse seventeen to twenty-six. So, before we start, can I get Theo to、um, pray to open the words for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we have Your precious Word that You've preserved for us, and You provided、uh, this platform through which we can study it, discuss it, share it, and promote the thought,、uh, meditation on it. So I pray for Your blessing upon our discussion, the words that we speak, and, and the thoughts that we we think、um, may work out to the encouragement and blessing of ourselves, and especially to the listeners、um, on this episode. Pray all of these things because we are worthy, because Jesus is worthy, and we ask in His name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tom. Can I please get you to read Luke chapter five, verse sixteen? Sorry, seventeen to twenty-six, please. Sure. So this is the story of Jesus forgiving and healing a paralytic.、Um, verse seventeen. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. 
When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Thank you. And this story uh, may not be anything new to us. Um, we have certainly have so many things that we can draw from this story, many things that we can take away. Um, but today we're just going to have a look on um, practical tips on how to witness. Can you share a little bit um, for us that um, is there anything that we can learn from this story, Tom? Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many things you could pull out from the story, but one of the fir- one of the first things that stands out to me is, Jesus spent a lot of time in people's homes. Um, And you can find that, you know, throughout the Gospels, he's spent, you know, he's often invited to people's places or he goes to people's places and he's always mingling with people. Um, So I think that's definitely something we can can draw from and learn learn from this um, is to mingle with people. And it actually reminds me of that... um, that Ellen White quote, which um, I've just got here. It's in Messages... Um, Ministry of Healing, sorry, um, page 143, and it says, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Saviour mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. And I think this is just another example of what we can see here in this in this story, that Jesus was just spending just time mingling with people in, in their homes. Mm, that's a really good point. I guess, you know, um, Jesus, even Jesus, who know their needs, would spend time with them um, to build this um, personal relationship with people. And how much do we need to spend time with our friends, our people, mm. to get to know their needs? Um, I feel yeah. like um, what you're saying there, Tom, and when you think about how Jesus was often, you know, um, at people's homes or being accused for eating with the the drunkards and the publicans and all these sorts of things. Like he was always being like so social, but so intentionally social. Mm. It's such an intention with each, everything he did had was like saturated with purpose and intention, um, mm. which is just beautiful. You know, it's easy to, to be social and then just get distracted into the being social for the sake of being social, you know, but to have that calculated approach of being intentional, something special. Yeah. I really like your point, um, Theo, being intentional and, most recently, um, early this week, I went to a friend's wedding. None of my friends are Christians. Um, and when I hang out with those people, sometimes, you know, it didn't click to me that I would possibly have opportunity to share. Um, I was mm. so, I went to the, I went to the wedding. Um, there was a great opportunity for me to say something. Mm. And I was there, wasn't prepared. I'm like, wait, I, I, I can share something. Let me just pull out my um, phone and grab that Bible verse that I wanted to share. But the moment was just see someone else shared and I wasn't ready. And came back home, I was so upset with myself. I've been friends with these people over 10 years. And this is the opportunity for me to share and I wasn't ready. So I was very upset. 
And I just prayed to God um, that God, I'm sorry that I wasn't being um, intentional, um, but then I prayed for another opportunity to share. And today I had a um, meeting with, it's a, it's a, um, meeting and survey that I'm doing for um, a co-founder. Um, she just started her own business, a health insurance business. And she kind of asked that, you know, what, where do you go to research for health policies? I'm like, great, I'm going to share um, the health messages from the Bible. So I started sharing. She's like, what? The Bible talk about health? Mm. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, let me write down this because she's like, oh, can I record this session as well? Because I want to go back and uh, listen to that again just in case I miss anything. I'm like, praise the Lord. I'm not sure how mm. much the lady has got from, from, from that, but I just praise God for opportunities like this really? and sometimes i wonder that i i don't have opportunity to share but guys like if you're ready um there there are plenty of opportunities to share when when we become intentional mm. so i really like that point thank you i think so, social events um doing you know having inviting people over for meals at home or going out to a restaurant it's just a really simple kind of way i, I think it's the easy it's a nice bridge between like uh, or or an easy way to connect with people before inviting them to say church because for some people out in the world inviting them straight to church can be really difficult but by um you know inviting to them to like a small group or something which often happens in people's homes it's kind of like mm. a nice segue between the two but also just you know we talked about or you mentioned Theo about the intentional relationships and I think that's something that um is really paramount and something that Jesus did a lot of and something we can definitely learn from. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, that's and that's what happens in small groups. That's what they're all about. And you see Jesus was always sort of creating small groups. I mean, in this story, it's not really, it sounds like a big group, really. It sounds like a bit of a large group. But you need those home circles and those home, yeah, home meetings to, to really connect with people. It's a, it's a, it's an intimate space, I guess, if that's the right word. I mean, and sharing a meal is an intimate thing as well. Um, not, there's not much which bonds people together more than sharing a meal together, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And with Victoria lockdown um, being lifted, I'm sure yeah. there's opportunities to share a meal and meet friends, meet people, um, and be intentional to, um, to understand and see their needs. That's great. That's a, a great um, point that we can learn from this story. You know, something else that stood out to me um, in this story, um, just from the, you know, asking the practical question, like how to witness, which is what we're trying to focus on. Um, when, when you think about the people that brought the paralytic to Jesus, there was a group of them. Um, it wasn't just one individual. And so that, like what I take from that is like the, the importance of working in a team. And, you know, when you, when you think about Jesus and sending out the disciples, he sent them out two by two. And when he sent out the 70, he sent them out two by two. And I just reflect on my time as a Bible worker, you know, where you usually had a partner. Um, and, you know, when one, because, you know, when one is down or struggling or unmotivated, the other one can always lift them up and encourage them. And you're always, you know, so much more capable as a team than, than as a solo person. So that's something that stands out to me from this story as well. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I was talking to this lady in my care group before and she shared that she has um, a lot of stress from work and she finds the work itself is very challenging as well. Um, so I had this Bible verse in my mind. Um, she 
she wasn't a Christian. She she's not a Christian. So I'm just in my mind was like, can I share this? Um, I wasn't sure whether it's the Holy Spirit or it's just me um, thinking about things. So I slept on that idea. The next morning, um, I shared with her that Bible verse. I'm like, I really felt that I I should share this. So I shared with um, with her, and I got so nervous because she didn't reply for like long time. <laughs> and then and then in the end, she said, "Oh, thank you so much for sharing this um, this, and I really appreciate that." And someone, our mutual friend, also shared that with her. The same text, <laughs> the same scripture. Um, I'm like this. Praise God! This is not me. This is Holy Spirit moving. Yeah. So yeah, working from working with the team definitely encourages each other. Yeah, definitely. And it, it kind of lightens the load a bit, in a way, in a good way. In terms of, I guess we all, all bring something different um, in terms of our spiritual gifts, um, yeah. and you know, having a team approach really gives a well-rounded and complete approach. Yeah, definitely. I think um, something else I just want to mention is um, when we work as a, you know, sometimes we might be also interacting with people in different stages of their spiritual journey. So um, it, it just reminds me of this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it says, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God mm-hmm. who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. You know, when I, um, I've kind of been able to experience this myself over, over the years. So um, when I was Bible working, um, I spent so much time door knocking. And, you know, we, we knock on doors and a lot of the time we just get rejected. Well, most of the time we just get rejected and people aren't interested. But sometimes you have those little conversations with people and it might just be a seed that you plant. They're not interested in Bible studies or receiving any materials or books or DVDs or anything. But you might just be able to plant that seed, which someone then might come along the next year or put a flyer in their um, letterbox. Or there might be another Bible worker that then can nurture that in the future. And then mm-hmm. there's been other times where I've actually been able to do Bible studies with someone else. Um, this is mm. now back in Adelaide and take them, you know, all the way from the beginning to the end and witness them being baptized. So I think, you know, this whole team approach, we might, um, you know, as one person, we might only, you know, be able to water or be able to do the planting or the reaping, but, you know, there's different different stages that everyone can be present at. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that point, Tom. Um, there's, there are different stages and it really, like, sort of realizing this point, what you're sharing there, helped me to really understand the value of just even little things. So, um, you, you know, we don't always get the big opportunities um, in terms of, oh, yeah, getting the Bible studies, like, you know, that obviously are really satisfying and really encouraging and, and a wonderful experience. Um, but it really helps me to understand that there's value in little things um, in just like, the quiet, you know, your, your consistent life, like in your workplace, for instance, um, really intentionally getting it out there because it's so easy to fly under the radar. Um, it's, depending on what sort of work environments you're in, it, it's more of a temptation mm-hmm. to do. And um, But really putting it out there that you are a Christian, obviously in an appropriate way, but, you know, just, just being not trying to hide it because it's convenience, but really putting it out there, um, being bold about, you know, sharing what's 
been exciting in your life recently, what you got up to on the weekend. Um, and then people, you know, people all know, you know, as soon as everyone knows, that's good. And then they will, they will see your life, they will view you in a different perspective and they will take note of the way, I guess, that you carry yourself. Um, mm. they, maybe you don't swear, you don't get angry and complain about things that everyone else does and just little things like that. And obviously the acts of kindness, you know, um, all contextualizes um, that sort of thing. And I think those little things, yeah, they really build up. Um, and then, like you say, Tom, you know, they might, you know, some way down the track, maybe even years later. Um, I know it's happened to me when I wasn't, you know, a Christian. Um, you know, someone's life that was a Christian really impacted me. And I still rem- remember it to this day and I'm touched, you know, by the way that that guy was. And um, and so, yeah, it definitely packs a punch. In a good mm. way. I just want to pick up on something that you said there. Um, it's like we're trying to address the question how to, you know, find opportunities for spiritual conversations. And I think, mm. what, you know, there's a few little pieces, like little golden nuggets that you mentioned there, like talking to people or asking the question, how was your weekend? I think that's just such a good one. You know, so like, you know, you come to work on Monday morning and you just ask your colleagues, so how's your weekend? What did you get up to? And, you know, they'll share what they, they do. And then, you know, respectfully, they'll usually ask you the same question back. So mm-hmm. what did you do on the weekend? And it's like, I'm well, on, yeah, glad you asked. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me let me let me preach to you about what we know. Um, you know, I, I went to church on Saturday. I went to a small group. I did this or that. What you go to church on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Why do you go to church on Saturday? And that's a, often a common question because, like, I thought most people go to church on Sunday, and it just opens up a you know, it's yeah. like a silver platter to explain your faith and what you believe in. Um, so I think that's a really good one. And the other thing which you mentioned was also our lifestyle. I think. Um, you know, for example, I, I've had comments before at work that people notice that I don't swear, for example, or, you know, just, mm. just the way you carry yourself at work or in any interaction with anyone is a witness in itself because um, people it notice is. that we're different. It's a big witness. And like, you know, it's sad to say that, you know, there's, there's different lifestyles out there within Christianity. And I remember when I um, was at uni and I'd become a Christian and um People ask me, like, why are you now not eating, like, um, animal products and this and that? And uh, I just shared for my faith. And, like, what? Is that actually, like, Bible-based? Is that actually Christian-based? Because all the Christians that I know are just, like, really unhealthy and indulge in this and that. And I'm like, yeah, it's right here in the Bible. And, and then I guess that gives them a bit of a sense, like, oh, maybe there's more more to it than what I perceive. Like, there's more to Christianity than what is out there in the general knowledge, I guess. You know what I mean? But all the mainstream knowledge, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so for those who um, perhaps don't have a team at the moment to work with, um, you know, welcome to come to AYC. I'm sure that we'll be able to find you someone who are local, um, who also have like-minded, like-minded people to um, work together with in, in the ministry. I think the other, the other cool thing with, um, sorry, Catherine, um, with being in no, a the- team, sometimes if, if you're like the solo person, it's, it can lead to burnout because everything's mm. on you. You have to do everything yourself and, you know, responsibilities can pile up and you can have, you know, so many Bible studies or so many things that you're involved with in church or personal life or work, whatever. Um, so by being able to have a team, you can actually spread out some of those responsibilities yeah. and support one another in that. And it's really important, if I may just jump in, um, when I first became the yeah, Christian, like, uh, I don't know, what it might be six years ago now, um, well, when I, yeah was converted again i um you know i joined my local church and i was like right you know let's uh let's um set this church on fire like you know in a good way let's go and um it was majority oh it was an older church anyway 
Um, back then, I was a botanist and I loved gardening. I was like, let's set up a community garden. Let's get the community involved. So set up a community garden. And then like, let's hold community events. Let's hold training days. We've got like some really nice, you know, gardening um, gurus in. And we got um, we had like community events, and then we started a youth group, and then another sort of Bible study group, and all these different things. And it was just I was just moving a lot quicker than anyone else could sort of keep up with me around me. And I just thought it doesn't matter, you know, I can do it all. I've got this vision, I've got this drive. Let's go, let's go. And you just never, never know how much it's going to hit you until it hits you. And then it's it's just um, it is tough move slowly, take steps, you know, slow little steps and try and, you know, keep, allow those around you to keep up because um, it, it's not just that you burn out like in terms of energy but also uh, emotionally, you know, you get a bit discouraged and maybe even spiritually. So it's, yeah, it's a really good point you bring up there, Tom. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And you can also learn from each other and you can, you know, you can, for example, um, you know, I'm I'm not a perfect Bible worker or anything, but, you know, you work with other people that are more experienced and you learn from them. And likewise, you know, I've had quite a bit of experience now doing Bible studies and it's great if you can take along someone with you that's less experienced and you can teach them. And so you just pass on the knowledge mm. that you've got. And so, you know, we all work together and I think that's, you know, what Jesus wanted and we read mm. in the Bible, you know, how everyone's like a different part of the body and we all work together and we complement each other. Mm. Yeah. That's that's really good. That's great. Um, I'm so so encouraged to hear um, that your stories and you're passionate um, in doing work with your teammates. But sometimes people, um, what about if people say, "Oh, I'm I'm undergoing a very challenging time, and I'm not sure whether I'm the right person to share because I don't want to bring people down, like because of my current conditions." What would you say to the, these people who um, who want to witness but who is also afraid that maybe I'm not the right person because I'm also going through hard time, challenging time. Yeah, it's it's um it's a good question. It's a tough one. Like there's a verse which comes immediately to mind, and I'm not sure if it's the right place to start. But um in Second Corinthians chapter one, actually I just read this this morning. Um, and it says, so it's Paul starting his usual really long greeting. Um, and he's saying, blessed be God, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted from God. And and he even goes on to say, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, like if we're suffering you know, because we're in Christ, so also our consolation and comfort also abounds. And... Um, so I feel like, you know, depending on what it is that we're, the person is going through or, you know, when I go through things too, I know that I've been encouraged and comforted by someone else saying that, you know, you're experience, experiencing something which perhaps other people haven't experienced, but, you know, there's someone that you're able to share that experience with and encourage them, if that makes sense, in terms of, you know, it's it's we have the promises of God and we we know how to you know we can claim those promises. It's it's hard accepting them when you're when you're in that troublesome spot, um, but mm. it's something that you pursue, you know, because you know that it's a promise and it's not re- depend you're not dependent upon how you're feeling, but you're just having faith in that promise despite your feelings and you're pursuing that promise, and that's something mm. you can encourage someone else in. It's not like a silver bullet and I've made it and you're sort of wallowing there but you know i'm still struggling the same way as you and 
and um, yeah, seeking the same comfort that you need. Yeah, seeking the same comfort. And I guess also um, reflecting on the story that we just read um, on the paralytics and Jesus was able to turn that whole situation um, to an opportunity to witness. So, and then at times that are challenges that we're going through um, is something that we could comfort others, but it's also could be something that um, that becomes opportunity that God opens up for us to witness to others as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that I was going to mention. So you see um, the paralytic, he had this, obviously he, he was paralyzed and, you know, he could have been like this for many, many, many years. And, you know, he could have been praying and asking God, you know, why don't you heal me? Why has this, why have you let this come upon me? You know, and sometimes I think we can also go through tough times in our lives or we ask God why, why, and we pray mm. and we don't get an answer. And we might be mm. going through things for weeks, months, years. And it's like, why God? And, you know, we pray, we fast, we get anointed or, or whatever it might be. And there's still no answer. And I think, you know, if you put yourself into the shoes of this paralytic, so he, he could have been, you know, he was in this boat. And then, you know, he comes to Jesus. And, it, and then what you see is Jesus turns this, this unfortunate circumstance into actually a witnessing opportunity for others. Um, so, you know, obviously in that house, there was a lot of people that were there to listen to Jesus, but there was also the Pharisees. Um, and without the paralytic being able to show up there, he, he wouldn't have been able to manifest his power as much and, and also teach them that, you know, he has the power to forgive sins and all the other things that he did for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Super good point, but it can be really challenge, challenging to see yourself as that, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess um, we see many different people, different types of people in the story. We saw the four friends who are bringing their paralytics friend to Jesus. We saw the paralytic. We saw the Pharisees. I guess ultimately when we're looking at how and what should we do and practical tips and something that we take away, action points, but ultimately we ask this us this question, who are we in the story? Who are you in the story? Are you the four friends who are um, bringing your friends to Jesus? Are you the paralytic that need Jesus? Or are you the Pharisees? I guess whatever stage that we are at, we can all start a small step to begin the journey today. Thank you, Theo and Tom. And um, in our next episode, we'll be looking at challenges people face in witnessing and how they overcome. And I hope to see everybody in our next episode. Stay tuned and God bless.